Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Start Ed Up podcast. It's Friday. It's Crucial Conversations, and we have Jamal back. Jamal, welcome back. What's going on? I took a two-week break, and most of the questions were, where's Jamal? I'm like, well, thank you. I'm here. <laughs> Why aren't you posting? Why aren't you having any podcasts out? Where's Jamal? Is Jamal not doing the podcast anymore? So Jamal has... Um... Jamal has been number one vacation, my anniversary, um, taking, taking a, a, a bit of a break from, from all social media platforms, even uh, social media, like the crooks. But, um, you know, 10 years married, just focusing on some other things, trying to personally develop. So I have some content to share with you all. Well, congratulations to you and Cynthia. Give her our best. Uh, yeah. Other side note, um, in that break, um, I think I know who was the catalyst, but we are numbers wise way up in the United Kingdom. It's always flattering to see where, uh, get the data back on who and where is there are people listening. So flattered our friends in the UK and Australia. So, um, that's cool. Well, you kind of mentioned it earlier, like we've been busy. Um, a lot of people are now starting to go, okay, where do we go from here? And I'm going to, I'm going to label this segment. Uh, I don't know. I either want to like, we won't be fooled again or, you know, uh, fool me once, shame on me, fool, uh, <laughs> shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me kind of thing. Because we're about ready to prepare for school and you're an administrator. I'm not. So I'm really anxious to hear your insights on what we have planned for students coming back and yeah. the contingency plans. Right. Um, you know, I, I would start by saying first things first. Um, if you have a contingency plan, um, kudos to you. Um, I think we are still in the stages of crossing the, the first hurdle of having a solid plan A. Um, plan A for us has traditionally been students in a room that's typically overcapacitated. Um, I'm mean, talking about nationwide. Uh, class size amendment has been, you know, something that has, you know, always been an issue. Uh, so now you you take that and you couple it with the the concept of social distancing and wearing a mask, and then you say, we are going to return to school. Um, the school districts that have decided um, to have brick and mortar are undergoing a process that involves a whole bunch of new safety protocols, which I don't necessarily, necessarily think um, those protocols are bad for you know, school in general because people should wash their hands more they should have access. They should be reminded uh, more to make sure that you keep your germs, your germs, uh, in a nutshell. But just going through, I can I can confidently say that we are developing a plan. And if you are an administrator um, at any level in the district, I think one thing that you have to keep in mind: if you're a school administrator, um, your superintendent um, is not at your school. So you're gonna really have to be the on the grounds 
mastermind behind how you're going to best support your community during this time um, in collaboration with the superintendent. So really it's, it's up to the school-based leaders to really make the ideas and the dreams of our superintendents um, happen right now, whether it be planning or what are we doing for brick and mortar? Mm. So you're full disclosure, you're not a superintendent yet. No. I know that you will be. Um, man, this is okay. Also, for those of you that are new to the show, uh, Jamal is in Florida. And if there is a <laughs> epicenter of COVID, um, you are one of the leading states. Right. <laughs> one few times you don't want to be a leading state. Right. Um, I can only imagine what superintendents are the questions they're fielding, or I don't even necessarily want to call them questions. Like, where is that balance? And, and, and again, I get to poke holes today. Like, I'm almost the guest. This is going to be fun. And, and you're going to be speaking on behalf of administrators. So sorry to throw you under the bus like that, buddy. But like, let's start off with some of the things that I hear that I understand why we're hearing. Like, teachers that are afraid to go back. Right. Oh. Especially ones that are over, like, 60. How, how is the superintendents that you know, and it doesn't have to be from your district, just in general in Florida, how are they responding to, is it safe for me as a teacher to come back? Um, some, some districts have, you know, definitely heard from their teachers and they are gathering information on who actually feels that way. Um, surprisingly, and, you know, just based on the, the media that I've seen from a school level, there are just as many people who are for returning to school as there are against re returning to school. Um, a, a lot of people are pushing for e-learning in the first nine weeks. And a lot of districts, some districts have adopted the e-learning in the first nine weeks. Um, the, the fear of you know, compromising health is a legitimate fear. And um, those things are being addressed. Again, it, it really comes down to the plan of each individual su superintendent and what's you know contractually allowed, number one. Um, what's the right thing to do for people? Um, you, have to, you have to know that after this, I would say a positive negative out of this is going to be there's going to be an influx of new teachers coming in. Because mm. teachers who who would be compromised the most are the teachers with 30, 40 years in. And it's time for me to move on because I know that I'll be taken care of for the year at least. Um, and, you know, from, from, from that standpoint, I can always return to teaching after a year, uh, you know, especially under the FRS, I, I, believe, I believe that's the case. But I can always return in some capacity and still draw, um, my retirement because I have my years in. So you have to expect a lot of your better experienced teachers are going to move out. So I would say you're going to have a fresh perspective in education coming up here soon, but you're also going to have, there's going to be a lot of training that's going to be required to um, support everyone from, you know, from the e-learning to new teachers, because right now what you have is people who are new to teaching and they are e-learning with no training on how to e-learn. Wow. Uh, all right, let's go to pain point number two. Um, wait, wait, wait. 
yeah, let's get to point number two. Uh, how are you hearing, um, again, not just from your school corporation, from most, how, how, like, how are the, how's the staff and really the, the counselors preparing for anxious students? So, you know, there, there are, um, and by the way, I, I obviously I clarify, you know what I'm talking about, just for sake of clarification, anxious in the sense that I'm nervous coming back because yeah. of COVID. Um, and quite frankly, because they like, I, I, just full disclosure, my son starts middle school here mm-hmm. in a couple of days. A, <laughs> middle school is already an anxious time. He's the littlest guy in a big school. So anxiety is already there. They didn't do, they this year, I'm not making this about my son, but like they couldn't do a building tour this year. Right. When he walks in on the first day of school, he doesn't know where his locker is. He doesn't know where his classes are. I mean, like everything is new. So what are the things that, like, what have you heard about, like making students feel comfortable coming in? So I would say, I would say from a leadership perspective, it's getting those parents the best information that you can as quickly as you can. So, so they can make a decision whether they are going to e-learn or return to school. Um, I was I was speaking to several parents um, and a couple of friends of mine who have kids in school, and the 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 thing is, you know, there is limited information on what safety protocols are going to be taken at every school because you got to think you have a whole bunch of people who who have no experience in, uh, I would say health crisis management, right? Um, some of us feel like we need hazmat suits. Some of us feel like we don't need masks. So you have those extremes, right? But in the middle is where the parent is gonna to have to make a decision. Um, and, and there are, if you are a parent and you're faced with that decision, here's the, the, the advice I'm going to give to you or the information that you need to base your decision off of. If your child rides the bus, it's practically impossible to um, social distance. Even if you cut the capacity to half on the bus, the the seats are still close, right? Um, and then when you get into the classroom, if you, if you notice from a DOE standpoint, we're, we're not uh, amending class size in education. So we still have the same class sizes. Um, so if, you, if you're going to be comfortable with your child sitting in that setting, then okay, have your kid come back to school, right? Um, you know, depending upon who you listen to in the media about the, um, the, the, the health portion of your decision, you're gonna have to be comfortable with the, the risks that are associated with having your child in front of someone. But then also on the flip side, there's the understanding and, and empathy. You know, the school districts for centuries have provided, um, now, I, you know, you hate to say this, but childcare, a place for kids to go. And it stabilizes our economy because you're already paying into it anyway through taxes and property taxes and different things like that. So now, you know, the, the money that's being taken out of your check that would, you know, that would normally, you know, support you in the form of education, you're going to have to find childcare if you so choose to e-learn. It's, it's not a... Um, it's not a great situation for anybody, but I would say, you know, as far as if you're an administrator, I'm developing a framework uh, on how to support parents or not even like a framework to like support them, but like everybody is going to have a different situation. And I think um, there are two things that are going to be extremely prevalent during this time. 
Number one, you're going to have to love people where they are. You're going to have to hear their frustrations and then backtrack a plan for each and every family that you serve, right? Because some students, if you're in a secondary, are going to want designer schedules and some students um, are going to be okay with the schedule that you give them. Um, so, you know, with, with, with love, you're going to have to combo that with um, the, the strategy of making sure that you do what's right for kids at the end of the day. Yeah, <laughs> that's a really great point there at the end. I, but but ha- how you uh, signal that, how you broadcast that. I mean, like you started off the, with the parents, right? So I, I think them becoming allies and them also like, and so, well, be careful what you wish for. Like I've seen sometimes people like, hey, we want parent input and then they're overwhelmed. They're like, what what were we thinking? And at the same time, like, like right now getting feedback from the parents and saying, you know, what would work or what could work would be valuable for sure. Um, but like at the end of the day, you, you put everything aside and you, you follow up with what you just said, what's best for the kids and being flexible with that. And, and, and we could do an entire three hour episode on the balance of that. Right. Like what is good policy? And a lot of times good policy is thought over decades and actually, then what is good flexibility? And we've got to be flexible in these times. And, and so, like, in some cases, policy is going to be thrown out. I don't, you know, I'm not going to say thrown out the window, but reconsidered, <laughs> which I guess is really, I mean, you know, I talk about innovation, 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 and innovation is making small changes and pivots along the way. Uh, I, I, I went to this conference once that it was just all, um, Washington uh, intelligence people. So uh, like literally people there from the Pentagon and uh, Homeland Security and some of the places else. And like, I was amazed with how intelligent these people were and shocked that I was there. Um, But they kept impressing upon me that um, the resiliency of the country, especially on, you know, bureaucracies. Yeah. We complain that they move slow, but like they're resilient they can withstand a lot of things because they've taken years to do policy. And here I'm making a point that for the next foreseeable future, the policy has to bend and twist a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you're going to have to, um, you're going to have to really take into consideration the concerns of the people that you serve. And then you're going to have to back it out and problem solve from there. And then you're gonna have to be flexible within what it is that you're doing. Like like right now, what you can feel happening is districts are looking at what is actually necessary, right? And then now if you think now, I was driving to to work today. And um, you know, if if you never read the book, the, The Life and Narrative of Frederick Douglass, his extended version, you probably should read it, right? But he he made a case for schools on building uh, trades within within their their schools because at the time it was more like philosophy based, and you can go be a lawyer. But he was making the case that you know even lawyers need houses to live in, even you know you know if if you walk across a bridge, people you you need to be able to build a bridge. I say that to say this. 
right? We're looking at all of the things that we thought were most beneficial for kids in the grand scheme of college, 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 college. But there's, there's definitely, definitely, we're starting to see that during this time, who were the essential workers? It, it wasn't the people who went to college. It was the people who, you know, who work at Walmart, the people who fix things. Um, the, the AC repairman was, was not out of work during this time. So you start to look at what is actually necessary and what's going to benefit us in the future because as an as a educational entity, right, that we are, we have to start thinking about if this happens again, right, who, if something like this happens again, what is it that we actually needed during this time? Let's make sure that we're producing enough of those people so that way, if when when it, if and when it happens again, we'll be more prepared. Well, uh, yes, and I okay, but again, there's kind of this. Have we? Like, I respect that answer a lot, but I know that there'd be some people pushing back right now, saying, "Have we even really learned what to do in round one?" Right. Like you know, it, it's. I mean, it. I, I'm. I hope at the end of this, there's just a lot of empathy for people saying it's okay that we have to figure it out. Because like, if there's one thing that I have just really grown tired of is that, again, I don't like to, I know that Twitter's not real life, but damn, there's a lot of people saying, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. Make a suggestion. Offer some solutions. Don't have any? Awesome. Shut the... Because like, you know, I love your insight. I love your, your, your mindset there of like, you know, what are we going to do next time? But it, it's really hard to figure out what we've done right and wrong. Round one. Right. And, and it just goes to show like, you know, every, every leader and everyone who is under leadership, like this is, this is a, this is a everybody problem that we all have to solve. Right. Um, and it's, and it's recognizing your greatest fears, right? As it relates to anything. And then backing out from that fear and making a plan to address that fear and training the appropriate people to sustain the solution of that fear, mm-hmm. right? Because um, that, that's a lot of what it is. People are afraid, you know, so like when they say, well, what health and safety protocols are in place. Really, I'm saying I'm, I'm afraid for my life. So then let's let's put some things in place to the best of our abilities with what we have, because we can't. What we can't do right now is rebuild schools. But I guarantee, if I'm an architect, I'm building schools that that have a way to convert to social distance, right? Um, like like start thinking along those lines. So now, you know, superintendents, when you're getting your schools built or you know who's ever over facilities like is is this class space going to be feasible in the event that we have to do x y and z again um and it's and it's really uh addressing the the problem that impacts everyone with patience and to the best of your ability like there ain't there ain't no other way to really go about doing it and for those of you who are listening like be be uh be graceful to your school administrators, because none of us got a degree in this, right? Uh, we, we, we were specifically trained with how to support teachers in facilitating content to our, to our students. And right now, 
we're we're at a time where we have to lead like never before. But this is this is such a great time um, to be in education because you know if you if you successfully do this or do this to the best of your abilities, there ain't nothing you can't do. That is a, such a great point, um, especially when you said we haven't studied this. You know, we're I. I Again, you, you have more calm sometimes than I do as witnessed by our, by the way, thank you for the, the morning, early morning call this morning. Uh, like, cause I, I'm mad and you're, uh, and you're thoughtful. I, I, I think that's why we're such yeah. friends that balance each other, but your, your, your grace in the sense of like saying, you know, have, have a little empathy. Cause I, I, I'll see little Facebook chatter about the school corporation that my kids go to. And I'm like, Oh, come on, man, give them a break. Yeah. And, and, and for that matter, if you are outraged, pick up a shovel, help us right. start digging. Right. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think that again, that, that fine line of like asking for help from parents and then you get a ton of opinions. You're like, what were we doing? But without a doubt, this is uh this is unprecedented times. Um, and we are going to get some things wrong, but uh, that reflection on it and even having other, you know, people weighing in, I think it's going to be really positive. I really do think this is going to change school for the better, for sure. One thing it definitely needs to change is the, um, the parent perspective. If, if, if you are a parent and you're listening to this, um, if you like to quote me on things, quote me on this. It has never been the responsibility of any school, corporation, or entity outside of yourself to educate your children and make sure that they're being educated properly, right? Um, I have children, so this is a sentiment that I've had since they were born, right? Because when you know you have your baby, you know you, you do everything to to build them up to get them to the point to where they can go to school. But before that. The first five years in most states, the education that comes to that child is up to you and it remains up to you. And I, and I want to, I have a kindergarten daughter or a daughter who's entering kindergarten and I want to, you know, give some, um, I would say support in, in this sense. Um, as a parent, you know, you have to know what it is that the state expects your child to learn. Um, and I've said this in other podcasts, but like knowing the standards in which your child is going to be evaluated for the year, that information is accessible. If you need help, um, you know, you can pop in your search engine, your state and their, you know, standards for whatever grade level um, or whatever courses that it is that your child is taking. Um, this is something that me and my wife did. Um, my, my daughter was a, a BPK student. And we began to teach her the kindergarten standards that were in Florida. Um, by the time she finished BPK, she had mastered, you know, quite a few kindergarten standards, but it was something that we were intentional about. So from so the one thing that needs to shift also is the parent mindset, because if you if you realize if the school shuts down, you you become the teacher. So equipping yourself with the knowledge and the understanding of what it is that your child should learn, you'd be surprised how easy it is to make sure that they're learning that and hold them accountable for learning that. Because that's something that we did with our kindergarten. Now, if you have a first, second, third, fourth, or fifth grader, um, it just it just yeah. more uh, compatible. Because now you can have discussions. You can 
you can do things like you can if you have an elementary school kid, you can you, you can mark things around the house. You can make sure that they're reading. You can, you know, ask some math questions like you can go down the list. If you know that they're supposed to be learning about George Washington and, and the American Revolution and how he became the president, you can put those things around the house and make them a part of your natural conversation to make sure that your kids know what they're supposed to know and that no one is speaking to them in the language that they don't understand because you're their parent words of wisdom that yeah i i i hope um a fair amount of the podcast listeners are our parents and uh hope the these things resonate because you know again jamal nor i are speaking for all uh administrators right um, but that's really good insight like really good insight so i, I hope this resonates As a matter of fact if you are listening to this if you are a parent please feel free to share this. Um, I, I think that a lot of people will listen to this and, and go, okay, wow, that's a good point. Because we, we're not coming with any bias. We're not coming with any political agenda. I'm not even going to go down that path on how everything, this COVID thing has somehow been politicized, which actually I can see why. I'm not going to go down that train. Don't want to go it or track. Don't want to go it. But um, yeah, we're, we're, we're just two, two things is really resonated with me. A, we're just, we're seeing what's best for students, period. Mm -hmm. And secondly, have a little patience. None of us majored in epidemiology and, and the effects of school policy. So we're, we're trying to be reflective and, and responsive and, and make the best of a bad situation. We're, we're in this together, no matter what you, how you slice it. Absolutely. There is no us against them. I, Really good. Another good point. There is no us against them. This is, we're trying to figure this out. I'm going to say this before it leaves my mind. Wherever you are, this is a time because this impacts everyone so equally. We're in your community. There are going to be times where you have to give up your rights for the rights mm. of. It's, I, I may have to lose my identity a little bit. So I can ensure that my community is stabilized because that's really what we're facing. I'm going to be honest. I'm not a big fan of the mask, but I wear them because it, it makes my community better. Yep. There you go. T talk us out, send us out. So, you know, in, in closing you, everyone in, in with love and sincerity, um, we're in this together. Um, if you, if you need to reach out to someone to talk, me and me and Don are more than available. We always make ourselves available to our listeners, uh, message us, um, Don, where can they find you at? Yeah. Uh, if you're listening, if you found this on Twitter, you know where to find us at Don Wetrick, LinkedIn, same way, Facebook, same way at Don Wetrick, Jamal Crook, the same, same social medias. Um, I think we're most responsive to, to DMs within Facebook and, and Twitter for sure. Well. For Don Wetrick, this is Jamal Crook reminding you that opportunities are everywhere. Thanks.